Welcome everybody to the Minimap Cast. This is your bi-weekly source of gaming news, impressions, and questions from minimap.com.au. I went off book for a second because I'm like, oh, I need to look at the camera. <laughs> uh, my name is Kerry Palmer. Uh, joining me this week is June Williams. Good morning. And Jeremy Bratitich. Hello. I can't be funny every single time. Like, oh, okay. sorry. Sorry, I can, sorry, I can only I can only carry the fun so much. It's it's okay. It's just it's just the the clearly the the bedrock of this podcast is uh your introductions. Okay, real real quick vibe check from everybody. <laughs> how how hard is it for everybody to say fuck white supremacists? Is it just want to get a quick? No. Uh, well, you can't say it, June. <laughs> <laughs> What did what did he say? Will you shut up? What do you will you shut up, man? Uh, man, will you shut up? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Did you watch it? I watched. I hate myself. Um, and somewhat masochistic, so I decided to watch the entire thing live. Um, and it, like there was quite literally a good 10 minutes of my just head on the desk while the audio was playing through my speakers and I was just it, yeah I came out to get some water and my housemates were in the kitchen and they were like how's it going and I just yelled <laughs> I um I, I try not to involve myself too much in American politics especially at the moment because yeah. it just makes me upset yeah mm-hmm. so and it's also Likewise. I mean it, I know it affects like the world but it's also not really Affecting us yet, I suppose. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it is. The influence definitely is, but but I don't know. Yeah, with how with how much Australian politics seems to look at American politics and go like, yeah. I want to be like that. Oh, um, spare me. Yeah, and I didn't watch the debate, but um, yeah, I saw a lot of upset, sad people on Twitter yesterday. But you're uh, right, Jeremy. It's pretty it's pretty easy to say fuck white supremacists. It's, <laughs> not, it's really not. I mean, you know, it must be really, it must be hard to say it when, like, you are one. It's your entire um, voting yeah. base. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And if he were to say that, that would include himself in that sentence. So, like, I, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, games. Video games. <laughs> There's been a fair amount that's happened in the last couple of weeks. Um, not prices and release dates for both the consoles amount of news. Um, that's pretty unique and one of a kind kind of a kind of a week that bigger i don't think it's been bigger i don't know it's been bigger different ways if there's there's been some big stuff like we'll 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 get there we've also been playing games so we're going to talk about them and the news that's happened and the questions in between so join us uh the music (laughs) that you're listening to on the way in just roll with it just roll with it the music you're listening to in the intro uh was from uh shook uh, and you can follow uh, any of the music that they release at shook.bandcamp.com. Uh, the song that, we, that, we, that they've let us use is Moog Model D Improv. We like it a lot. We like their music a lot. You should listen to them. They're really, really good. Um, if you also want to follow any of the other stuff that we do, uh, you can find it all on minimap.com.au. That's uh, the occasional review, the occasional opinion piece. We've got our other podcast, our Game Club podcast, which is back up and running. We're about to record the Frog Detective episode right after this. Uh, so that's Frog Detective games one and two, uh, which are quite charming and lovely. And you can hear all of our thoughts on them uh, in that podcast, the Game Spoilers podcast, later on. Um, and if you want to support 
this podcast at all monetarily, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash minimapau. Um, there's a few things on this list and kind of uh, neatly, a lot of it is stuff that we have each and every, each and every one of us played to some degree. Um, yep. Why don't we, I think Hades is the game of the moment, I think. You know, it's been the game of the last couple of weeks that everyone's been like up on the dis- the, the discourse has been happening about. Um, I haven't played Hades since, honestly, I think it was about a year ago now uh, when it was still in early access. It had been out for, it had been developed for, it had like two or three major updates, um, but now it's out. 1.0 is out, it's out on Switch, and both of you have got a chance to play it. What have you thought of the newest, goodest, bestest version of the game? Um, well, it's no Pyre, is it? No, it isn't any Pyre. <laughs> it, the the so story better, is good for a roguelike game, but it's not Pyre. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> oh. No, Pyre was good. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> I heard like, that conditional love. <laughs> I, 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 I love it. I love how much me enjoying it a bit but not not a lot you hate more than me not liking it flat out <laughs> yeah yeah really uh it's a it's a thorn in my paw anyway this is I, 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 say. yeah um i think i think i, I described this as a june bait the game so june do you want to talk a little bit about yeah. about pyre and pyre specifically character designs <laughs> um so Zagreus was made for me specifically. Um, <laughs> no, I think uh, I think Supergiant um, has such a way with um, the way that they develop characters. Um, mm. They they hit such a good uh, balance between um, like over the top design and I don't know horny, I suppose. <laughs> and um, yep. and yep. Hades has like twenty of that. Like, um, and I, I think for a game, for a roguelike game, which I don't personally like, and I know I've seen like people been talking about this a lot. It doesn't feel like a roguelike in terms of, um, it being tiring, I suppose. Mm. Um, I, I played Binding of Isaac for a little bit and when, you know, when it was really big and everyone was playing it all the time and I just, I really couldn't do it. And I just get really frustrated at that, that kind of um, gameplay. But I think Hades, because it has, um, because every time you die, you are learning something from that and you are gaining skills and you are leveling up and you are uh, increasing the story. What's the word? Um, unlocking more story and unlocking more characters and stuff like that. It's it's so satisfying. It's almost, yeah, it is almost satisfying to, to die, I suppose, because you're not upset about it. But um mm. I've only played um, maybe about five hours now, so I I just I've only just beat Meg, um, so I'm tough. actually not I'm actually not that far in to be honest, but I really want to. I'm determined to not use God mode. I think. Um, what is anyway. God mode? That is new to me. God mode is uh, it basically it's like easy easy mode. I guess really it just makes it you uh, if you don't want to grind. I guess you can right. just do all so the story. It's kind of like it's story just, mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I cool. haven't played it before, but um, I I'm gonna try and challenge myself. Challenge myself a little bit. 
Mm. Yeah, I think that's it's an interesting. Like, the, there's two different versions. There's there's roguelikes, roguelites. The the definition of like the genre term gets a bit hazy. But the way I sort of determine, like the the main difference between like roguelikes is like you've got games like Binding of Isaac and Enter the Gungeon where the game's not getting easier every time you play. You you might be unlocking more weapons that have better variety. Some of them might be stronger or something. But a lot of the times you're unlocking duds in there as well. So basically you're just creating more variants in the item pool, but every time you start it up, it's the same. Um, and then you've got games like Dead Cells, uh, mm. Hades, and uh, Rogue Legacy, where yeah, every time you die, the resources that you gain while doing that then feeds into upgrades that then does make it easier. You know, your weapon has another charge of ability or whatever, or you get more gold per run, so it's faster to upgrade, So, or you can buy more health if you get low. Um, and it's interesting between those two because, like those those ones that have that that pro- that overall progression that you progress with each run, tend to hook in more um, more of an audience. Like Dead Cells was huge when that finally came out of early access. What was that start of last year? And yeah. I think it's because people can build on it and they can they can get that feeling of progression that's tangible in the game, and it's and it's not that like learning and getting better and being forced to to like just understand the game or or die basically so yeah um i'm glad it's working for you Mm, yeah me too i was a bit concerned because i want to enjoy super giant games and i was i was a little bit nervous that i wouldn't be able to enjoy this one Mm. but i was a fool i should have trusted (laughs) um i think yeah i don't know i think there's just something for everyone in this game in terms of someone for everyone (laughs) yeah um no kidding. And everyone should uh, play Pyre first and then play Hades. Yeah. That's my opinion. God, Pyre's so good. <laughs> and and throw, throw some Bastion in there. That game's still really good. <laughs> you know what I think? I think that this has the weakest soundtrack, though. In my I, opinion. I, 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 I would it's kind of a shame because it's, it's, it's such a fast-paced game that you think that I don't know, Darren Corb would be able to do something really neat with it. And, like, it does have, like, a really good soundtrack, but it's not as good as, I don't know, Bastion's was pretty fucking good. Pyre's it, was It's not as memorable. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would wonder whether part of that is due to the roguelike nature of it, because it's got to be music that you've got to be able to hear for hundreds of hours, potentially. Like, yeah, you are going through true. the same areas. It can't be. It can't be a big moment every time that music comes mm. around because you're going to hear it over and over um whereas in higher you know when you when you're in the when you're in the the airship you know the flying music was so nice and then that that those times when it wasn't there made it special because it was really special when the music was there and then when it w- was taken away and it was like the 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 bard singing in the in the in the van beside you was like oh my god this is really different and yeah. touching and each area had its own distinct personality um, so, same with Bastion, like each area had a different skybox, had different textures for the ground and stuff like that, different enemy types. Um, not always, but like each area was slightly different. Um, so yeah, I think that it's, yeah, un- unless they, they made like just so much music so that you weren't getting it all repeated to you so quickly. Um, but I think that would be a bit out of scope. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, from what I played, I, I had a similar impression where I was like, this is good, it's not as memorable, yeah. Yeah. Although when 
I don't, the first time I heard the I, I think I don't know if it's used more than once for like all the the boss the boss battles, but like when Meg's music came on for the first time, I was like, ooh, ooh, mm. here we go. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's good. What are you? Are you gonna get the game on Switch, Carrie? No, no. Okay. I mean, it's hard. I haven't taken my Switch out of the house in months. Like I'm, like I would most <laughs> use my Switch between. Uh, going going to work and coming home, right? And since COVID happened, I couldn't be bothered like disinfecting it literally every time I walked out of the house. So I just kept my Switch here and just use my phone when I'm out and about. Point being that it's basically just a home console for me right now. Um, and but you can play it in your hands, <laughs> up close. I, I don't. I don't need screen that. here. <laughs> That sounds awful. I'm long-sighted. <laughs> like, so am I. That would make, I'm just like... Wait, no. Uh. no. <laughs> anyway, no, I, I've, got it on, I've got it on Epic, and I, I, don't, I don't need a second time. The Switch Allure isn't enough for me. If I didn't have it already, I would get it on Switch. Fair enough. But I do, so... Right. How, how, are you, how are you finding the game, Jeremy? It, it's good. I like it a lot. Um, it, what are you for roguelikes? Um, yeah. <laughs> I think, like, the, I was I was talking um, uh, to some people about uh, the amount of roguelikes that have come out in 2020. Mm. And, oh, my God, there are so fucking many roguelikes that have come out this year. Um, and this is... Uh, maybe... Mm, it's hard to know if it's the best roguelike that's come out this year, um, because there's like there's nine so of them. many top tier ones that have come out, and yeah. like sequels to old classics that started like restarted the genre like ten years ago as well. Yeah, so the the list was Spelunky two. There's Isaac. There's Binding of Isaac DLC that's coming out this year. It's meant hopefully. to be. It was meant to come out last year, so we'll see. <laughs> Hades, Going Under has just come out as well, which is another roguelike which I bought and I haven't got a chance to play yet. Rogue Legacy 2 came out this year. Risk of Rain 2 came out this year. Exit the Gungeon came out this year. <laughs> um, yeah. And I mean, just, to be clear, there's there's hundreds of roguelikes. There's so many indie roguelikes oh, coming of course. out now. But like in terms of like top tier, one that people, uh, not everyone knows about, but is very good, which is a, a, Slay the, a, a take on Slay the Spire, is called Monster Train, which I've watched yes, a bunch of yes. um, Northern Lion play. That game is amazing. Um that game's really good. An excellent roguelike. Um, um, but yeah, yeah. It's, like Hades is really good. It's got that um, that level of polish and that level of feel that Supergiant just execute every single time. Um, it's got that really... Like their art is so unique and their art is always so expressive and diverse and vibrant um they feel like these characters that they've designed like these these their impre- uh, interpretations of these god characters that they've created are so like just like vibrant um mm. and are so cool to look at every time they come on screen like i look at them and I'm like there's so many little details and intricacies that they've designed um and like the, met, the voice acting um, is stellar as well. Have you met uh, the Chaos God? Yes, yes. That character design like yeah blew mm. me away. Yeah, very, very, very good. Um, 
Yeah, I don't yeah, know. No, they're all really good. I think. I think. What was I going to say? I think something. I think all of the, all of the character art is really interesting because it, it's the, the all of their games have had the same art director, um, and I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she's great. Um, but I love how they've been able to differentiate these um, these designs not only from their own previous games and their own previous designs, but also from previous like like uh, well recognized mythology representations of of. Um, I, I don't know if Athena's... I think Athena's in this, and then um, uh, Ares and Poseidon and, you know, mm. all the ones that you think of. And, like, <clears throat> Poseidon's this, like, gregarious uncle who, like, talks too loud. And it's like... Like, I wouldn't have thought of that, but now it's, like... I don't know. It's 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 cool. Um, Her name is I do Gen feel Z. a little bit like Darren Corb as... Zagreus kind of is a little mm. not a hundred percent there on the voice acting. I feel like a lot of people really bring it for the other characters, and then Zagreus is just kind of like a like an eighty five to like eighty percent. Yeah, like, I agree. Yeah, with this that. is okay, <laughs> mm. and that's fine. Like it's it's totally okay. I it, I'm not I'm not I, I'm not I won't deduct points for that. But yeah, I hear it. I'm like oh <laughs> well. <laughs> I I do like how they'll they'll. They'll include like a piece of like Greek mythology as like a like basically like a like a fact like almost like a little like they're teaching you something, and then there'll be like a little comment on it, um, and usually the comments go along the lines of, "That's a bit much, isn't it?" or something like that. It's like it's a little <laughs> bit like like it's very much like okay, settle down, like Greek mythology. Um, yeah, uh, which is funny because sometimes it gets like really like like a kind of grandiose. Um, and they, they they tone it down with some humor, which I think is 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 uh, funny. Yeah, mm. Mm. I think one of Hades' strengths in terms of how it differentiates itself with roguelikes. I mean, um, I think they've got such a a variation on like player abilities and like weapon abilities and stuff like that. So each run really does feel very different. Mm. Um, and like I feel like there's so many runs where I don't see the same boons to like for the for, for like another two or three runs. Or the same, yep. um, they're almost all of them are boons, but like also the same like weapon upgrades. So yeah, because you got the weapons and then you can like you can like specialize them. So like they attack faster but weaker, or they attack really hard or have like more range or stuff like that. Um, and you can get some really cool flow-on effects. Like I think the one I remember enjoying the most was when dashing. It gave you like Poseidon's like knockback effect, and so like trying to knock as many enemies into the walls as possible and like mm. getting like better stun from that and stuff like that it's, it's been a while but yeah no hades it really has that sort of cascading flow on of powers that really interlink with each other in interesting ways each time um that i think it, it's it's uh it's the mark of a good roguelike that can do that where you where you can have unique runs um and it's not just one in every 10 times um yeah. Who's um who's favorite character? It's been a while since I played. Uh, it's hard for me to say. I I who's the who's the guy in the green robe who hangs out near the top of the, the top of the map when you when you die. Like you you like come to you come to Hades like front desk and then the dog's there and the and you can go right down to the quarters and the kitchen, but there's a, an area at the top. It's like a guy in like a green robe. I don't is it um 
it's like your teacher or something not a teacher but like I mean, everyone's yeah 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 i'm trying to remember his name it's it's like a common it's a common uh like i've heard the name before like it's Um, like it's it's not hermes but it's like hermes or something like that anyway i have fond impressions of that person but i don't i can't tell you why (laughs) i really like Ares and athena it's a it's achilles right achilles yeah yeah um who sorry uh, Ares Athena. and Athena, both of them. Yeah, Ares so is cool. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Athena's got the giant fucking shield. That's, that's um, so, so well designed. I like uh, Skelly. Oh, yeah. um, Skelly. Skelly's funny. It's very good, very good. Yeah. And I don't know, Cerberus probably. Yeah, Cerberus is good. Yeah. <laughs> of course you like the fucking big evil demon dog it's made for me <laughs> it's a cute dog Jacob's <laughs> is always like oh sorry I can't take you for a walk now some yeah. other time and dog's like oh. good boy also like Hades is quite it's quite good in this game as well like yes. as like a character he's he's like really like funny um yeah yeah so what else are we going to touch on here who, who who wants to who feels like talking about what next someone someone jump out with something because we've all got a lot about, of common ground in this one. Let's talk about Mario. I can talk about Galaxy. Yeah, let's talk about Mario. Cool. Um, cool. I think did we all did we all buy three D All Stars? Yep. 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 Um, I I I only I played all of them on launch day and I haven't picked it up since. So that was I played like seven <laughs> hours two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been playing. I only really bought it for Galaxy. Um, and I've been playing Galaxy a fair bit. Um, I hadn't played that game since I first played it on the Wii with my sister when we were little. Mm. Um, and it's, it, it holds up very well, very, very well on Switch, um, in a way that doesn't look like a Wii game. I don't feel like, I don't, it doesn't feel like a Wii game to me. Yeah, it yeah. feels like a Switch game. Like, the art direction I don't know, it, it, even in, in graphics and stuff like that as well. It just looks great. Absolutely. Um, I really forgot how good <laughs> the motion control picking up stuff with with what i don't know like i don't really use the joy cons individually much when i play games at all um and i forgot that that's good actually um i don't know that that game is so is so sweet um and so lovely and uh i'd forgotten how great it was and it made me cry that's it made you cry yeah when the, the, the when you like land on the first world and you have to like jump around with the rabbits oh my god yes crying yes absolutely Hmm. The the moment that always gets me in that game, and I'm sorry, Jeremy, because you haven't played it yet. So like I'll try. No, I mean, to... like I've I, I have seen a bit of it. I just haven't played it yet. Right, cool. You know when you land in Good Egg Galaxy, which is the first one that you like pick to go to. So after like yeah. the prologue, um, and you land and you've got the house in front of you. You've got Yoshi's house in front of you. And you've got like the two the two monsters like popping back and forth, and you're on this kind of disc planet. The thing I always love doing on those planets, and you kind of get it immediately, is long jumping around the edge. Because yeah. you always go like, and then like and reach the edge of the galaxy and then you kind of hit this like critical curve and then you like zip around to the other side and you find yourself on the other end of the planet. And it's like, it's it's so exciting every time that happens. Um, yeah, I, what are your thoughts of the collection so far, Jeremy? Uh, as a collection, I think it's really bad. Um, as, a, as an $80 game... Um, Two emulators and Mario Galaxy is not worth that price. 
um, especially when they've done nothing to the games aside from have to change like the the way the waggle works on the on Mario. Like I think Mario Galaxy and they works good as a product. Pardon? Mm. They updated all the UI as well. Yeah, I mean, so you can read it. Um, like it, it, <laughs> it's it's not eighty dollars. Um, especially it's not limited release eighty dollars as well. Um, uh, I've had this conversation a bunch of times and basically where it falls on I feel like this was supposed to be a celebration of Mario's 35th anniversary and all it feels was like a cheap um, like alright you're all gonna buy this because you all, all love Mario right okay bye um, <laughs> like Sunshine doesn't even run at 60 um, and fucking god so okay so I've beat Mario 64 um, because I'm doing them in order, because I know if I go into Galaxy immediately, I'm not want to go. I'm not gonna want to go back and play the other games, and I do want to finish Sunshine because that is the one 3D Mario game I've never ever played. Um, yeah. So I beat 64, and oh my god, that game is older than me, and it shows because I am broken, and that game is broken. Um, the the like the camera oh is just rough. It is just an old game. Um, when it came out, it was revolutionary and. Uh, I really wish they had done something more to it to really show off how good this game really was because the camera, it, it sort of lets down some really incredible levels. Um, uh, and I, I don't know, I feel like it was a, a missed opportunity to do something really, really special for 64. Um, uh, Sunshine is weird. Have either of you played it yet? I have, so... Yeah, I played like an hour and a half of 64, an hour and a half of Sunshine, and then like four hours of Galaxy. Um, right. It's so and, weird. And it's really weird. So the thing that yeah, got I've me, that. so I played them in that order, like yeah. from, you know, oldest to newest. I'm very familiar with Galaxy. I played it like two weeks before the collection came out on my Wii, um, just sort of because like, I was just like, I was just feeling it, you know. Um, and so I was very into that move set. And the, there's, there's something that became abundantly clear to me. Mario 64's move set is Galaxy's moveset. It's the it's the long jump, the backflip, the the change direction side somersault um yeah. and the triple jump. Yeah, which is Odyssey's as well. It's like Mario's core moveset. Yeah, exactly. Um with like a couple of the the biggest difference with Galaxy is that he's also got the spin jump, which you can use when platforming if you like double jumping you can use it to spin, get a little higher and whatever. Yeah. Um Sunshine doesn't have half of those moves, so you don't you don't crouch in Sunshine. Yes. You don't yes. long jump in Sunshine. You don't. No, you do long in jump in Sunshine. sunshine. Not in the so same you, way. So the Y button. You've got that. Dives. You've got the dive. You've got yeah. the dive, but that functions very differently. So like yes, it does. Galaxy's yeah. move set is like baked into my brain, and what I was trying to. When I was playing 64, I was, you know, it's I was like making jumps I shouldn't have and making them because just because I knew I could. And yeah, then yeah. in Sunshine, I was like, oh, I feel like I could do this. Oh, I have the wrong nozzle attached. Oh, oh, oh I fall into the goop. Oh, jump out quick. Jump, uh, oh, I got to spin the camera. It's like, oh, where do I spray? I got to look up and down. Like, mm -hmm, I was just yeah. so confused half the time when I was playing Sunshine. It's and I think it's a familiarity game. thing, but like, it's just so different. <laughs> it It's really different. Um, and like, uh, also like the dive works differently as well because you can dive and then you can jump out of the dive and keep the momentum going. So you're constantly diving and sliding on your tummy and then like somersaulting forward to keep running. Um, I don't know. It's it is really really bizarre. 
Um, also, like the game itself is really odd. Like Mario gets arrested at the beginning. Um, yeah, that was so strange. Like I was, I was streaming it, and I was like, I was like, the police. <laughs> Mario Did said, you say Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a screenshot. I just really want to quickly show you. This isn't going to work on, on, uh, on the audio version of this. But what is that? <laughs> oh yeah, that's the the. It's like the. It's the version of the bat pod, but it's the Bowser submersible. <laughs> it's Bowser's submarine that looks just so odd. All it's the designs smiling. in this game are so bizarre. Um, even the Delfino residents or whatever they're called, they the don't Piantas. look like they don't look like Mario characters. Um, no. <laughs> well, Mario characters are usually like really shapely, and these things sort of look like Ubisoft characters. They look a little bit like mm. a little bit arty, a little bit Rayman-y almost. Um. Yeah, it's it's odd. The they sure did make an entire game based on the semi gimmicky mechanic of the flood. Um, yeah. It it's super super bizarre. I I don't I don't not like it. Um, I mean it's three D Mario I haven't played, and three D Mario for the most part is quite good. Um, it's quite difficult at times have Kerry yeah. have you done those 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 little little missions with the without the flood yeah oh <laughs> my god those missions are brutal <laughs> I so I'm quite good at 3D Mario um and I'm like confident enough to say that I'm quite good at 3D Mario um these fucking levels <laughs> just like the hardest thing is is the you've got these cubes which are rotating and you have to stay on top of the cube as they're spinning and rotating and and moving left and right um and if you jump you're fucked basically and my always immediate response to oh no i'm about to slide is to jump back onto the platform because that's what you do in mario and if you jump you will land and then you will slide directly off immediately it is it is such a test of will um it's it's really odd. It is that's yeah. super super fucking unforgiving. Um Yeah, I don't know. It's it's odd. It's super super yeah. weird. It's a really weird game. Like it took me like 30 minutes to do a red coins level and I was kind of frustrated by the end of it and I and I was just like I just want to I just want to know this. So I think I need to spend some time mm. and get familiar with how how each jump's going to work, when I can use the jetpack to get that bit of extra height like it's just, yeah, it's just a little peculiar. And I think I'm hoping that I, I don't feel as, like, uh, taken aback by it once I am more familiar with it. Um, I, I'll be quite honest, I, I don't think that feeling's going to go away. <laughs> I mean, I hope it does, because I probably won't play it all the way through if, it's, if it doesn't. I, I did not find it too enjoyable, but I was just hoping that was me. <laughs> um, with 64 and galaxy i i was actually pleasantly surprised with how much i was enjoying 64 um i played that game on ds um i've seen a bunch of speed runs uh but i never really got to play the 64 version and playing it i was like you know this feels good in terms of the move the movement is tight in 64 like it just works um and i know the levels like i just had a blast going through 64 um for the for the limited time that i did um, and then Galaxy is so good. And you're right, June. Like, I think the definitively best way to play that game is with the Joy-Cons. Um, because with, with, this, with this one, it's emulating the Wii Pointer 
uh, where you had to point at the, the sensor bar with the Wii remote, but of course you can't do that with this one. So what it's doing is it's using the gyro uh, motion controls inside of the Pro Controller or the Joy-Cons um, to mimic it. So it points the, the pointer across depending on how you move your controller. Um, I, I started with the Pro Controller because that's what I played the last two games with and those that was good for those ones. But it's weird when you've got the Pro Controller because you're holding it with both hands. So to move the pointer, you've got to move, move it both your hands to move mm. the pointer. It yeah. feels very unnatural. Um, when you have the two Joy-Cons, it's just like, you know, 13 years ago when, I, when I'd when i sit on the couch, like lean back with the two Wii remotes, just yeah. like sitting like this one hand behind my head, you know, the other one dangling off the couch, pointing at the screen. Except there's no yeah. tether this time, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just works. You can shake both remotes for the shake now, which is cool. And then, yeah, you, you press R to do the pointer for, um, and you just use it on the on the right Joy-Con. And it works flawlessly. You press it again to recenter it. It works really well. It mm. doesn't... It, it, it feels like more sensitive at times than the pointer did because the pointer was just like you were pointing like along the screen. Like it kind of felt a bit one-to-one. Whereas the... Because it's it's motion, cause it's the gyro motion controls, it feels a bit like abstracted at times where it feels like I'm just kind of moving and a bit like, oh, I moved a bit too far that way. But because you can recenter it whenever you want, it's not been an issue for me. Um, uh, Galaxy's crowning achievement, I think is its soundtrack. Yeah. It's flawless. <laughs> it's I'm, I'm excited absolutely to hear it for the first time. It's just, it's it's so good. Um, and something I, I love about this one as well, and something, and I think it's why I don't like number two as much. I've spoken about this before, I think, but um, the opening of 64 as well is actually like kind of really cinematic. Like they really, they kind mm. of double down on the story and the vibe and the feeling of the game. Um, and they throw it all away in two, which I really kind of hated. Um, like they just pretend like the first story never happened. Um, but yeah, they really own it in this one. So I think, I think, I think it's done a really good, good job, uh, bringing, bringing the Wii version to the two HD. Um, you know, that was always a game that you, you saw through composite cables and it was like, this game is dying to look better, but it's limited by my, my white, red and yellow cables. Like it's just so fuzzy and crap. Um, Gotta, yeah, get that, it, it, gotta get that component, yo. I mean, even then, you're still only going up to what, like 540p? No, 720. <laughs> really? Component goes up yeah. to. Okay, well, I stand corrected. Mm. But still, this is definitive. This is the definitive way to play Mario Galaxy. Yes, yes, um, it 100% is. It's it's just incredible, um, and it's it, it's exactly why I bought the collection because I want to have this for for as long as I can in the best way I can. Yeah, I don't um, regret paying 80 bucks for it. I don't think. Yeah, to be honest. Yeah, that's that's the way I saw it. Was like HD Galaxy and a couple of others. Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a shame they're not going to sell it after March thirty first or whatever the fucking yeah. That's a dumbass fucking Wormass Brains brain, Company, Brain Worms Ass Company. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, what are we going to get through, Jeremy? Let's um. So we've got Spunky? a couple of other games to. Yeah, why don't we talk about Spelunky? So we've got Spelunky among us, and then Jeremy's played a couple of other games as well. So we'll we'll, we'll get through these at a bit of a faster clip, but I do want to touch on them as well. Um, so Spelunky 2 came out like two weeks ago on PS4, I think. Yep. Um, and it's getting 10 out of 10s across the board. People love the first one, love this one. Um, it's an incredibly uh, punishing roguelike. This is the antithesis of Hades. Uh, you will make no progress in this game whatsoever. The only thing you unlock is characters 
all of who will die as soon as you jump on a spike track, a spike trap like an idiot. Um, <laughs> um, so in the sort of lead up to it, all of like all of us on Discord, um, we had Spelunky One, but not two, and we wanted to get two on PC. Um, so we've just been doing these Spelunky One dailies together. Uh, like in the evenings, we'd jump on and like each t- have a turn at the daily, and each laugh at each other, and we would die in really silly, preventable ways. The, the daily you can only attempt once. Yes. Yes. And so we've all kind of been like hyping each other up with this like community like play along and then like us playing it in our own time. So Spelunky 2 came out like 36 hours ago on PC. Uh, I, I was at work all day yesterday, so I, I've played like an hour, but almost everyone in the server yesterday who I was just mentioning, including Jeremy, played like five hours or I've, I've played eight and a ten. half. <laughs> eight and a half. So, Jerry, what's your what's your opinion on the on the on the Spelunky two? Yeah, game's not good. No, um, no, it's it's really good. Um, it's it's a re- it's one of those one of those really intricately designed games. So 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 Derek, you the creator of Spelunky, um, Spelunky one is such a special game in terms of it's a game that is designed to perfection where you can read literally everything that's going to happen to an extent aside from like aside from things that you might not expect which is like things that no one would ever expect to happen theoretically you could plan out every single move in this game before it happens so you can always make the right decision because everything is read out to you in such a way that you know you know what's about to happen. Similar to like Into the Breach, basically. You have the steps there. It's just about finding what is the correct path to go down. Um, and also executing it in a way that is correct. Um, Splunky 2 is like the exact same in that regard where like everything is so uh, telegraphed to you that you know exactly what's going to happen if you think about it long enough. Um, the thing is, there's also a timer. Um, so you gotta you gotta keep moving because um, if you stay in the level for more than more than three minutes, a ghost is gonna come and fuck you up, um, which is great. It's it's such a it's such a good like you have enough time to get through it, but you don't have enough time to do everything. So you have to decide what am I gonna do right now in this moment mm. because I gotta keep moving. Um, I can't hang around here for too long. The other thing is like the one of the main mechanics in this game is you've got like a whip if you're not holding anything. You've got ropes and bombs, which are a limited resource, which you don't come by that easily. Um, and you can pick up something to throw or use. Um, you can only hold one thing at a time. That can be... Uh, there's, like... To get life in that game, you take, like, the damsel... It was the damsel in the first game. Now it's just pets, which is kind of neat. Um, so there's a pug and a cat and a hamster. Um, <laughs> so you find there's a, there's a pet in each level, and if you get the pet to the exit the pet will like give you like a lick and that gives you one one extra hp for the next level it's so cute it's really nice um so you can pick up the pet you've got to pick up the pet and get them there the pet is as susceptible to um traps as you are so don't drop them on a spike pit because it's like sad and they die (laughs) or like don't throw them in front of like a like a pummeling machine because they'll die uh, don't throw them into a bomb because they'll die um but also get yourself to the exit so you've got to there's also like items like a key to unlock a chest. So you've got to find the door that takes you to the chest 
while also if you found the the pet early enough you've got to get the pet to the exit and also the key to the second chest exit and also not use all of your resources and also collect money so you can buy items so you can keep playing the game and also not get hit by every trap along the way and every enemy which is difficult if you're not paying attention and you've got three minutes to do that every level <laughs> it's, it's it's such a good moment to moment okay what am i doing right now what am i doing right now what am i doing right now while also still having in the back of your mind okay what's my overall goal for this level i need like i'm low on health i need to get the pet to the exit this is not a thing that i can afford to go into the next level with only one health I've got a lot of money. Is there a shop here? Should I buy something? Should I pick up the gun, shoot the shopkeeper, take what he's got, save my money for later? There's so many things to consider and talk about. Every run is so, so unique. Um, And every run can be can be undone in like a second. Um, You can just like you can just fuck (laughs) up and go, oh, well, I guess run done. Um, (laughs) Time to start again. Uh, My average run time, I think, is about I, I think I bumped it up a little bit, so it's about like two minutes and a little bit. Um, right. Mostly because, so like, I figured out why my my average runtime was so low um, was because I was just restarting a lot. Um, like, oh, I'd right. get hurt, yeah, no, I'd get hit early on, and I'd go, okay, I'll just restart and try again, but that would count as a death. Um, <laughs> which Jeremy was playing why. during the day while I'd been at work, and then Jeremy was like, oh yeah, I've done two hundred and twelve runs. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> um. It's so good. And like, so, so the, there's a lot of like new interesting mechanics in Spelunky too. Um, they're all as well and intricately designed as the ones in the first game. The music is really, really good. The game feels great. It's so smooth and it's so, it's so like, it's so, so tight. The, all the platforming is so tight. Um, uh, the art is great. Um, it's it, like the, the style of it hasn't changed too much. It just it just feels more like high def. I'm um, in a way yeah. that like really adds to it. Um, there's like a little bit. There's like story sprinkled throughout the game as well. Like enough story. Like not too much that I'm like this is a story game, but enough that I'm like oh that's, that's you know that's cute. Um, yeah, it's it's really really neat. I cannot. I have not left world one, which is I which means I have not beaten four levels in a single run. <laughs> wow, really. I'm not good at this game. I'm very wow. bad at this game. Yeah, I never I never got that deep into the first Belunky because it is so punishing and I just found it obscure. I find a unique enjoyment with this game when I'm playing with people or for yep. an audience or in multiplayer. Like, if I can share the moments of fucking up with someone, then, like, I can laugh about it and I don't feel, like, cheated and, like, it was cheap. Like, I can just be like, oh, did you see how I threw the rope up and that triggered the arrow trap, which bounced down, like, three levels and hit me from above? And, like, there's nothing I could do. And, like, and but there's, of course, there was something I could do. I, you know, I saw the, de- you know, it's the, the, the Rube Goldberg flow on cascade of, of, like, bullshit <laughs> in this game is so it happens every run there's always something um but yeah like playing with people just really gets me through that that um resistance i feel to being punished so <laughs> severely and it's also really fun i think is the thing that like it manages to do all these things and not just be like a world design game that isn't fun it's a world design game that is incredibly fun and enjoyable to play where like I've never, I've never like died in the game. I went, ah, fuck that. That was, I hated that. Like I die and I go, ah, haha, my fault again. 
Um, so it's like that is so rare and so unique and a testament to how good, honestly, both one and two are. Um, has two eclipsed the need for one, Kerry? Do you think? This is a very interesting sequel. Mm. Um, because it's not like Binding of Isaac uh, Rebirth, right? Where it's kind of like a re a remaster graphically and a bolster in terms of items and mechanical complexity. Um, mm. Where it entirely... It encompasses everything that was in the first game, but completely invalidates it by being tighter, better to look at, has way more content, plus everything you enjoyed from the first game, but better. Um, it's not better like that. Um, because the first game was so tight and so simple, graphically, code-wise, mechanically, um, if they had completely re-engineered the wheel, I think this would be a different game and a lot of people wouldn't enjoy it. So they didn't do that. It's very mm. much the same game. Um, it's kind of like Spelunky 1 had a specific loop and a specific set of enemies, and that meant that there was a specific set of interactions. And they took that sort of that structure of that loop and changed some of the enemies. There's still the standard bats and snakes, but instead of um, trying to think what the worst... So instead of finding big spiders in the first level now, instead you find a lot more like lizards and roll... Uh, mole rats that really complicate things in different ways. So it's sort of like a different set of circumstances throughout each level that makes this game different. So it's mm. just kind of like relearning the first game in a different setting rather than relearning a new game or relearning a sequel. It's, it's, it's like a remix almost. Um, but anything other than that, because the first game was so perfect, you know, it was so meticulous, it wouldn't have been true to itself otherwise. So it's kind of just like more spelunky. Mm. Yeah, which for a lot of yeah. people is great because it hasn't been more spelunky in like ten years. Um, so yeah, it's a very interesting sequel in that regard. Um, June, would but yeah, you it's really ever fun. Be tempted I look forward to, pick to playing up. it. No, nope, <laughs> no. You haven't sold it this time. You're normally pretty good at that, but you haven't sold it this time. <laughs> it, it's a very, um, oops, um, it's a very like, uh, <laughs> like so. Y- Sometimes a movie will be described as a movie for like for movie buffs or film directors and stuff. I feel like Spelunky is a game for game designers almost. Um, <laughs> like like not in terms of people who who don't uh, who who are not game designers won't like it, but in terms of you can really gain something from understanding and and being a uh being a fan or or a or a creator in the craft of game design um it's one of those games that will lift the more knowledgeable you are about games um because you can really appreciate it while it not being inaccessible to people who are not um which is again very unique and very um an an incredibly underrated thing to achieve Mm. I mean, yeah, underrated. It got ten out of ten from everybody. So, like, <laughs> underrated. Eh, but also, like, it's it, it it's deserving of that score. I, I totally. would say. Yeah, I I don't think I'll burn out of this one as fast as I did the first one. Like the first one, I just never made any appreciable progress. I wasn't patient enough, and I didn't enjoy it enough because I was playing on my own. That I was just like, 
put it down yeah. and never went back until, you know, like two weeks ago. Playing it with people, like, and sort of jumping on Discord every night, sort of finishing my day every night with this sort of fun where we, we get to play this game together and we get to laugh at each other's mistakes and sort of learn the run as, like, the people who played it before us go. And it's like, theoretically, we've got a head start, right? Because the people who went first did the daily run, which is, like, where everyone plays the same run, right? It's the, all the same level generation, all the pets and all the items and stuff like that, and the gold is all in the same place. And yeah. it's funny when you watch people play it like two or three times you're like okay i gotta remember one two i gotta watch out for the spike traps going down to the second level and then knowing all of that and dying anyway (laughs) like theoretically having all of this this head start and still fucking it up because like if you're not if you're not dialed in a hundred percent this game will punish you (laughs) Mm. but yeah it's fun to share that punishment with friends Yeah. yeah yeah for me um, do you guys want to talk about Among Us before we head to the break, Jeremy? I know you've got a couple of things to touch on here as well, but like, I do want to touch on Among Us because I know we played it a couple of weeks ago and I, we've played it a couple of times since. And yep. I know I said Hades is the game of the moment, but as soon as I saw this in the document, I'm like, wait, what am I talking about? No, Among Us is it's the game of the month right now. Like, this is this is the game. Um, if it was Four Guys last month, it's Among Us right now. Well, I mean, it's it's more Among Us than Four Guys made it, right? Like. Among Us reached top 10 peak concurrent users on Steam of all time. Like Jesus. That's, that's incredible. It beat yeah. GTA at its peak. For a game that's been out for how many Two years? years? Two yeah. years. Two years. And that's doesn't, that doesn't include all the people playing on mobile as well, which it is doesn't. free. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, if, if you're not familiar, Among Us is a small indie sort of trouble in terrorist town esque game where you're like a crew of um Mm. like like uh like astronauts on like space stations and there's an imposter among us um and so it's the imposter's job to kill all of the other teammates without them knowing and it's the rest of the crewmates people to figure out who it is and evict them before they're all dead um each round the rounds are pretty quick and all the astronauts have tasks to do so they've got stuff to they've everyone's got to kind of spread out and do the tasks if everyone if all the tasks get done you win um it's very simple it's it's very simple graphically like like mechanically as well like like i play with just mouse control so you just click where you want to go and then you click the do task button or the kill button <laughs> um but seriously, like, if anyone's listening to the podcast, I'd be surprised if you were listening you hadn't heard of it. So I recommend just looking at a video. It's very funny. And, like, you can just find so many videos of people, like, just friends yelling at each other, trying to figure out what's going on. And, like, it's just so good. Um, what's been all of your experiences with it so far? It's been good. I think um, I think it's. I, th- I don't think I would play it uh, with other people, though. I think it's sort of just a game that I would play with friends. Um, yeah. and I don't know, I, I, I personally am not very good at these cut ki- these kinds of games, um, even though I really enjoy them. Um, but normally, I don't know. I feel like with hidden role games, once you sort of know the formula of how to find out what, like how to ask the questions to get the answers that you're looking for, especially in, um, Mafia and in, um, what's the, um, Werewolf? No, werewolf. The 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 one uh, secret Hitler. 
No, it's on. It's Sorry. a web uh, browser one. It's also on Steam. It's um. Oh, Town of oh. Salem. Yeah, Town of Salem. Um, they're that, all I the played same. that one like, a lot. They're all the exact <laughs> they're all same, same video game. Yeah, but like once you once you know how to ask the questions and like you just especially with people that have played it a lot and especially with random people that you haven't played it with before, they just ask the, the certain thing and then the game's over. Like it's it's very easy to f- figure it out when it's so basic. But um, I don't. I haven't really noticed that much in Among Us yet, at least I guess because I'm only playing with friends, but. I, I haven't played Town of Salem, but I have played some of those more in-person ones, and those yeah. those are those are great as well because you get to do that with friends. And you get to see everyone's facial reactions, and people get you know like a nervous laugh if they're lying or whatever. But there's sort of an abstraction to this one because a lot of the time you're not playing with face cams or anything. You've just got mm. these in- inexpressive little avatars, and then a lot of the times once you once you're either in a meeting trying to discuss who to evict, and then everyone's silent, so you don't you don't get that it's just like oh what happened and someone presents their argument and and someone lies to sort of say where they weren't and something like that so like i think because it's kind of obscured like that through the gameplay elements and it's like oh i was i was shooting asteroids and weapons or i was feeling oxygen tanks and they were like hang on i was in oxygen just before i didn't see you there and like the the layer of the gameplay on top of it i think is a really nice yeah setting i I guess yeah, I think with with the games like the ones that I mentioned, ones that aren't, I guess, in you you don't really do anything else. No one can really see what you're doing. I suppose in those mm. times where you're not talking, whereas in Among Us, I think you know you can someone can follow you the entire time, and you can't lie about that. You know, mm. Mm. Um, so I think that adds something, but it also makes it harder. And I'm not very good at it. So. <laughs> It's interesting. We um we played we've played twice now. I think our our mm. main group with like six or seven people. And the first time we played it, it was just kind of like on a whim. It was really quick. It was like, all right, yeah, let's just play it. And like there was a couple of times I was imposter, and I was like pretty like I was pretty easily like going about it. I guess like I was I I don't know I was lying through my teeth and all that, but it like didn't get me. But like the second time we were playing, my heart was thumping in my chest every time I was lying. Like, I'd finish a round and I'd be like, oh, oh, I've got to take a minute. Oh. <laughs> like, it's a really engaging game. Um, and it's it's really fun to, to see group dynamics play out with it as well. Mm. Um, and I love how accessible it is. Like, I, it's so good for, for, what is it, Inner Sloth, I think is the, is the team name. Uh, um, yes. So good for that group that it's, that it's done as well as it has. It um it plays to so like I've played Secret Hitler and Coup and a bunch of other of those type of games with my friends. Um, it plays into one of my favorite things about um, these games, which is like uh, I, a lot of my friends have, have told me this that they're like, Jeremy, you're really good at lying and making me feel like that I just I'll trust you. <laughs> like because I, like, I, a lot of the it's it's so fun to just matter of fact, just complete bullshit. Um, I I I do it in 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 jokes a lot as well, and it's always very funny. Um, but like it, it it just being able to say something that's just complete garbage just to get something to, <laughs> to get to just get someone to believe me, and they'll be like, oh yeah, because you said it like that, then like yeah, that's fine. Um, I don't remember. I think the, uh, the, the the time I think I got you with that carry was not when we were playing Among Us, but I think when I told you like that Scrubs is spelt the same way forwards as it is backwards. 
Um, <laughs> and I remember saying that just so casually, and you were like, "Wait, hang, no, hang, hang. <laughs> um, and I remember it's it, just that Sparks. second. Yeah, like just that second where like you believed and then realized <laughs> that is my favorite moment to sit in. Um, and so it, yes, it, it makes like I just have so much fun in these games. Just be like, oh, yeah, no, I was I was in like uh, I was in oxygen with uh, with like nobody else was there, but I was just fixing like the, the wiring and stuff, um, you know, as as I was doing it for my tasks when yeah. like I was off just like. Bam, bam, kill each <laughs> vent. It's always um, the uh, it's always the leap of faith when you're like, oh no, I wasn't there. I was here. God, I hope no one was there, so they <laughs> don't say like, no, you weren't. <laughs> yeah. I think one of my favorite. There's been like two favorite rounds I had. There was one where Sam was playing um, with us and was like sitting on the the couch behind me, um, playing on their phone, and they were the imposter. And <laughs> uh, and they were doing it. We only had a serve one imposter each round with for like six or seven people, and they're doing one of the things where people have to go, like emergency, fix the oxygen thing or whatever it is, and so <laughs> Sam murders someone going to fix this thing, and then Jane walks past and sees the body, and sees Sam walking away from the body, but Jane forgot that she could report people. And was just like, oh no, what happened? And then kept walking around doing tasks <laughs> to the point where Sam's like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just going to kill everyone as fast as possible. And there were like two other times like that in that same round where like someone was like, it was Sam. And Sam like convinced them that it was someone else and they got voted off. And it was like, oh, it wasn't them. And <laughs> so, so, so I saw a dead body and the, uh, so I found a dead body and I saw you, Kerry. And I was like, oh my God, Kerry killed this person. So I, I immediately reported it. And I was like, it was, Ke oh, Kerry's also dead. <laughs> That's right. I remember that. <laughs> and I was thinking and I was thinking and I was like, okay. That's so right. You started that meeting and you were like, oh no. Yeah. Yeah. I started the meeting and went, oh, I actually don't know who the killer was. But also it was every everybody else was over here and I know it wasn't me. So it was definitely Sam. And so I spent the entire next round just like saying, I'm going to follow Sam around. And then everyone muted and I followed Sam around for the entire thing. And so they didn't kill me or anybody else because I was following Sam the entire time. And so Sam didn't get any kills. And so Sam then called an emergency meeting being like, Jeremy's following me around. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, that's because you're the murderer. And then Sam managed to win that round murdered me <laughs> won and then I just screamed when everybody unmuted I was right <laughs> <laughs> from the rooftops oh it's so good it's so it's really quite special I think um yeah we're, we're, we're getting we're getting up to the hour here so we'll probably wrap up the game section pretty quickly but just quickly jeremy do you want to touch on paradise killer or odst uh yeah so i can like i only have one thing to say about odst which is that um i think this is the best looking halo game um which is really odd to say because i haven't played it in a while i haven't played it since it first came to xbox one when it got added to master chief collection years ago um i think like 2017 um mm. it recently been is recently been added to the pc master chief collection 
uh, oh my god, Halo 3 ODST looks phenomenal. They've done a really incredible job of bringing what kind of odd art style they had, because it's not super realistic. Reach, they kind of went for that super realistic, like, gunmetal has etchings on every single part of it. It's super, super detailed. ODST doesn't have that. ODST is super, super... It's not cartoony. It's just, like, a refined art style. Um, also different to Halo 3. And I'm playing this game, and, like, the, the light shafts and the skyboxes and the the settings in that game... Um, like, and I'm playing this game, like, oh, my God, why does this game look so incredible? Um, I was so shocked how good that fucking game looks. It's, mm. it's also... I... I have to keep reminding myself that Halo 3 ODST is an open world game, um, which is really odd that Halo was also... They had they had made an open world Halo game before the new one that's coming out. Um, it, what, a, what, a, what a special game. Um, I, lit, like, I cannot believe how good that game looks in 2020. Um, they have done a just really great job with that collection. Uh... The other thing I wanted to touch on, um, Paradise Killer mm. is a video game. Um, <laughs> Paradise Killer is a detective game set on an island created by gods. Um, it is a detective game where the you are a detective solving a mystery of who killed the gods that was in the middle of... No, that had just finished creating the 25th perfect island. Um, <laughs> so, so specific. It's so it's so cool. So the art style of the game is like it's super like eighties nineties kind of like it's kind of in the middle of vaporwave, but it's it's not it's not all the way vaporwave. Um, which I think is good because vaporwave has like a a certain look to it, which it's not trying to do. Um, but everything's really bright, like neon pinks, blues, really awesome characters character designs of like this is blue alien that is like naked and has like the head of like a uh, like an animal and has its legs spread wide open but instead of any like instead of any junk there's just like a censored like happy face over it and it's like flipping you off with two giant like hands that are also pixelated so you can't actually see like the (laughs) the hands that are being flipped off and that's a demon that is following you around and sort of taunting you because there are demons and gods in this game as like matter of fact um <laughs> and like the the overarching plot lore of the game is the gods are trying to create the perfect island and each island that they create lasts longer and longer in history but eventually the demons will find a flaw and uh, compromise the island um and someone murdered the gods as they were creating the 25th perfect island. And so you're on the 24th perfect island, which is sort of nearing the end of its days. Um, so there's like a little bit of uncanny, like the world this is, is like the world is ending and everyone's getting ready to move over to the, to the new perfect world. But <laughs> it's, not, it's not ready yet because there's an investigation about who killed God. Um, this game is hot. <laughs> <laughs> this game owns this game is so fucking cool um it's like you're finding clues talking to people bringing information to certain people to try and figure out the mystery um i 
I cannot believe how fucking cool this game is. <laughs> <laughs> you sound smitten. S- sounds what, sorry? You sound smitten. I'm just so shocked at how stylish everything is. There's like a cool red skeleton man that runs a bar with his his wife used to topple governments thousands of years ago. It's like, it's it's so sick. This game is so cool. It is absolutely well worth checking out if you're interested at all in detective games or that style of, of art, culture, whatever. Um, it's, that game is sick. You really need to play Danganronpa. I know, <laughs> I know. Literally, as I was playing it, I'm like, Oh, I think this is like Danganronpa. I should probably <laughs> play that game. That game that you lent me like two years ago. Yeah, I think I think I think you'd really I think you'd really enjoy it. It's like the same kind of like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Who thought of this yeah. shit? Yeah, yeah. Well, that was that was a lot more than <laughs> we've we've had in a while. Good job, team. <laughs> Good couple of weeks of playing games. I'm excited to see what we get up to next i'm excited to play more galaxy um mm. and uh I, I might i might i think i installed hades the other day as well so i might I'll jump into that as well but yeah it's um good job team we're gonna have a break uh but while we're having that break we're gonna think about the coming question for june's question corner for the week uh june what's the question who is your favorite video game voice actor oh i don't have an answer for this mm. Well, you better think about it. I will. In the break. We'll do that now. And once we do... What? We'll be right back. Welcome back (laughs) to the Minimap cast. I went early, so now we have to cut with you doing that silly stuff on the camera. That's fine, just leave the whole (laughs) countdown in. (laughs) Cold open. Uh, We've been thinking about our favourite video game voice actors. Oh my god, that that sounds terrible. You're clipping so much, you've got to not do that. (laughs) I normally do it like this, but that looks bad on camera. Yeah, but it sounds much better. What if I I do it like this? What if I I do it like this? That's better. What? Yeah? Okay. You could just not do it at all. I would prefer you didn't. That is not an option, unfortunately. June, what is the question for this week? Um, who is your favourite video game voice actor? I'll start. So <laughs> I, came back off, I came back off break and you guys were already talking about Gideon Emery, so I guess we'll just talk about Gideon Emery for a while. Um, I care a lot about Fanris Dragon Age. Oh, that's, is that Gideon it. Emery? Yeah. Holy crap. Basically what the break was just then was I was like, who's a... Who's one? Who's a voice actor who I know, who's in a bunch of stuff, but isn't like Nolan North or Laura Bailey or Troy Baker? Yeah. Um, and I was like, you know, Gideon Emery. Like, I'll go look at Gideon because I know he's in a bunch of stuff. Like, that's my man. Did Gideon what Emery's it? in Final Fantasy VII remake? Who? Who is he in Seven? He's Biggs. He's one of you know how there's like the three Avalanche. Uh, ah. Like there's there's Jesse. There's Wedge who's mm. the voice actor from Breaking Bad, and then there's Big, so the guy with the bandana. I did not notice that. Mm. Did you know he's Devram K in Destiny 2? Yes, I did know that. Did you know I he's... Pick, I picked that. He's Gideon in Call of Duty Advanced Warfare? 
I can't say I've ever played a Call of Duty game. I'm sorry. Did you know Did he's you know additional voice in Kingdom Hearts three? He said so much random shit. He's, he's Fergus stuff. in in Wolfenstein. Yeah, Fergus, yeah, Wolf- the Irish guy, the Scottish guy, whatever. Orca in Uncharted Four and Lost Legacy. And who's in True Blood? Really? Yeah. He's in Teen Wolf. Oh, and he's a Crusader a in Diablo Three. Wild. He's just in so much stuff. I, I mm. liked everyone Kay's voice. He's one of the main voice actors, one of the main characters in Final Fantasy XII. He plays... I forgot their names. <laughs> Final Fantasy. Wow, he's been in a lot of Final Fantasy. God, he's been in so many things. He's in the Clone Wars. Balthia. Balthia in Final Fantasy XII. Yeah, he's he's prolific. We love to see it. Anyway, my other answer is um Ashley Birch, which is a boring uh, that, answer. That, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, that's that, a good that, one. That, that's my answer. Yeah. Yeah. What do you want to say about Ashley Birch? Jeremy? I June. Uh, fine. June. No, Jeremy can June. go. No, no, no. Fin- 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 finish your day, June. <laughs> Um, Sorry. I like Chloe Press. Yeah. Yeah. My, I, That's all I have I, to say. I like Aloy a lot. Yeah. Um, mm. I also really liked, hey, Ash, what you're playing? Um, I have watched a lot of that and I thought it was really funny a lot way back, way back when. Um, mm. she's also been in so much. She's Cassie Cage in Mortal Kombat. Um... She's fucking. How do you pronounce? She's. I don't know how to pronounce that. She's in Persona Four. Um, she's in like she's very famous from Borderlands. Um, that's like I think probably her biggest role. I guess mm. that and oh, she was Dreams. Moxie, wasn't she? She was what? Sorry, wasn't she Mad Moxie? No, she was Tiny Tina. Tiny Tina, close. <laughs> uh, she's in Dragon Ball Z Kai. <laughs> Cool. Wait, hang on. If that's not okay, no. So I, she, she was in Team Fortress Two, and I was like, no, she's not the announcer, but she's not. She's someone else. <laughs> oh, Gideon's in uh, Assassin's Creed something. Uh, my other answer is Charles Martinet, just because he's he's, Mario. he's Mario. Oh, of yes. course. He's, he's. I'm so sorry to disrespect Mario like yes. that. <laughs> um, he he voices uh, Luigi, um, Waluigi, Wario, and of course Mario Mario. Um, uh, is it the Mario well Brothers? As, no, Mario Mario is Mario's full name. Yeah. Um, he also voices Doctor Mario, um, Baby Mario, uh, Baby Luigi, Pinatas. <laughs> From from <laughs> from a another Mario game. I don't know. Oh no no Piantas. He voices Piantas, the Piantas. Yeah, from right. Okay. Yeah, from um, Sunshine. And you might not know this. He actually voices Clank's father in Ratchet and Clank: Crack in Time. <laughs> what? Yeah. Right. Whatever his name is. <laughs> what? Or- Orvis. I really wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Orbit. That's Charles Martinet. Yeah. What the a fuck? A true all rounder. How cute. 
That's wild. You know, like the, hello, XG0461 or whatever his name is. He goes, my name is oh. Orvis. That's Mario. That's wild. Yeah. How how cool is that? I'm trying to think of other things that he voiced in. It's basically just Mario. Um, trivia question for everybody. What was the first time Mario was voiced? Oh... It was around the time of 64, but it wasn't 64. Mm. It wasn't Mario Teacher's Typing, was it? Sure was. <laughs> yes! <laughs> uh, legitimately, my first, um, my first Mario game. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you have it. Giddy okay. memories in What's- Skyrim? Yeah. Who's it playing Skyrim? Arcturus? Is that a uh, dragon? Gaius Maro? Is that a dragon? I don't think so. Poseidon um, in God of War? Carrie, is Gideon Emery your, your answer as well? I don't know. Like, he's a. He's like a. <laughs> he's like a. He's like a. He's just under. He's just like behind the scenes all the time. He's just always there, you know? You You can't get rid of him. (laughs) It's like a rash. What does that mean? He's always there. I know, he just did so many random things. I know. (laughs) It's called Gideon Emery a rash. (laughs) Um... Um, this is really taking a turn. <laughs> we shouldn't have. We shouldn't have had a break. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think it's easy to to pick one of the main three. I do appreciate Donald North's voice acting a lot. Like, I I I enjoy his performances. Yeah. And I think it's incredible how versatile he is. Like, I still don't hear his voice in the Ghost in Destiny Two. I don't hear mm. it at all. Yeah. And. Same. To that end, in sorry, June, in The Last of Us, his character in The Last of Us, I can't hear his voice in that at all, which is good because if I could hear his voice in that when he's playing that fucked up freak dude that wants to be really awful, like it would really like it'd be like, oh Nathan Drake, what are you doing? But it's not. It's this. It's this really distinct other character. Um, and then when he is Nathan Drake, it's fine. Like when he's Iron Man in Avengers, it's like, yeah, you fit this. And I'm happy with your performance. That's great. Um, but someone whose voice acting I was... I've all, I, I played a lot of these games that had him as the main voice actor when I was growing up. So he played a lot of lead characters in the games I was playing when I was younger on PS2. Mm-hmm. Mainly Ratchet. And right. uh, Titus from <laughs> Final Fantasy X. So that's James Arnold Taylor, yeah. um, who also voices Obi Wan in the Clone Wars series. Um, and he he doesn't do much else. He's not as prolific as as everyone else. He's in Final Fantasy VII remake. You know, additional voices. So he's in there somewhere. You know, another one of those ones where it's like you could like get the lead role, but if you're not like if you're <laughs> unless you're Troy Baker and Nolan North, like it seems like you get lead roles and then. Next Final Fantasy game, you're just like, like, male pedestrian number seven, you know, like, (laughs) which is fine. They're just good enough to do that and don't mind, I guess. But like, 
I know, yeah. Like, a similar person who's just in a bunch of random stuff. Like, I think the, the world of voice acting is a strange, weird one that I don't fully understand, I don't think. He was the voice of Obi-Wan in, the, in Battlefront 2, which makes sense. But Yeah, they, they use the Clone Wars and stuff in Battlefront 2 a lot. Um... But like, yeah, no, it, I, I honestly, mean, in my mind, he's actually Obi-Wan's voice in my head when I try and imagine it, just because I've heard him so much. Wow. Um, and it's 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 a fucking excellent Obi-Wan. I mean, they clearly go to him for everything. Like, uh, Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens, they used him for the voice in that. Um, so I guess for a flashback scene, they elaborated more on what they had used. Because I know in, there was like a flashback where they like, warp together Alec Guinness and Ewan McGregor's voice for like a like a like a second. It's like a flashback scene. Anyway, yep. so I guess they expand on that. Um Yeah. He's good. I like his voice acting in Final Fantasy X. Even it's all very campy and a bit weird and there's the notorious laughter scene. Um yep. but it works. And I like those games. He's a good ratchet. He's still playing Ratchet. He's been playing Ratchet for years. I don't think he played the first Ratchet. No, the first um, Ratchet was someone different. Uh, I don't like the first Ratchet as much. He's a bit crude. Like in the first game? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Ratchet and Clank up here. Yes, that's number two. That's number one. That's number three, number two. And then, yeah, no, he wasn't in number one. Which I think is, yeah, good. I think he, he, he plays the part much better. Clearly, because he's still got the role. Anyway, that's my weird half-assed answer. I didn't really know what to go with that one. But yeah, I just started looking up Gideon Emery and then June got angry. <laughs> he's so that's jacked. Me. Yeah, he's he's ripped. <laughs> it's weird. Um, June, did we have a, a an upcoming question for the week? I did. Um it's kind of boring, I think, and it's along the same lines. And maybe it's a bit negative, but I think if you don't want it, we can choose something else. But um, what is the worst video game voice acting that you've heard of, seen, played in a game? <laughs> oh, this could be fun. This could be fun. I think um, there are, I, I, I think this is this is a, like a good amount of negative because I think <laughs> for the most part, a lot of our answers are going to be actors who don't really care about the voice acting role <laughs> yes oh i so let's let's write down in the doc what the question is <laughs> like what is I, I already have two answers <laughs> excellent much easier than best for some reason oh my oh, i really want to say my answer now but i can't no nah, it's so nah, good save it I, I need to i just need to put the initials in the doc so i don't forget it yeah, I've just done that in mine too, so I don't sure forget. Because you, you prompted me with what you were saying. I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, so, thank you, June. Let's go to the news. Um, now, we've already got two news items here, but they're both pretty big. I think um, let's start with the Megaton news drop here. Um, um, so, <laughs> so, I'm just going to... I've just got a couple of paragraphs from a Kotaku article um, written by... Oh, I had it up Alex before. Walker. I, Alex Walker, thank you. Um, Xbox acquires ZeniMax Media, which includes Bethesda. This happened last week and is... A, it's, 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 a, it's a megaton announcement. It's gigantic. 
So we'll just I'm just going to read the paragraphs and then we'll we'll, we'll get the our impressions, right? So the the article starts, well, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Microsoft announced late Monday morning, only hours before pre-orders open for their Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S consoles, that they have, quote, entered an agreement, unquote, to acquire ZeniMax Media. The deal is worth US $7.5 billion in cash and will be finalized in the 2021 financial year. The move means Microsoft will acquire ZeniMax and all of its subsidiaries, including the enormous publisher developer Bethesda and all the studios under its wing. That's not just Elder Scrolls and Starfield that are now Xbox titles, but also Prey, Quake, Wolfenstein, Doom, Dishonored, Elder Scrolls Online, plus anything that comes out of Arcane, Tango Gameworks, Machine Games, id, Bethesda Softworks, Bethesda Game Studios, Roundhouse Studios, and Alpha Dog. What? <laughs> this is huge! Like, I was trying to think of this, the, the only other thing that sort of gets that that is sort of in the same conversation as being a a big deal as this was when Activision and Blizzard merged um sort of became the one entity um what did you all think when you heard this last week I personally cannot comprehend at 7.5 billion (laughs) dollars right 7.5 billion dollars like what was it comparison um how much did so oh, Disney that, bought been a whole Star bunch of Wars yeah. for $4 billion, I think Yeah, that's what I was getting compared to. Well, like, like, Star Wars. Like, eight or nine years ago now. Like, uh, well, crazy. Yeah. Just all of, so all, much all money. All of Star Wars. Well, all of Lucasfilm. That includes Indiana Jones as well. Um, Do we know how much Dis- Disney bought Marvel for? I'll double check. That's a really good question. Uh, like, it, was, it was less. Oh, it was also $4 billion. So, like, the, so the, the question is, Disney bought Fox for... That was a lot more. That's a lot more property. That was $71 billion. Um, Yeah. So, but one $71 billion for, for, for 21st Century Fox. Fox. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, like, so this it's is... just shit. so much money. This is, like, <laughs> like so uh, I've got the Wikipedia page open here, so, you know... It's got references. I'm not going to bother to list the references just because I'm just looking for the numbers. Um, it's the second biggest acquisition in video game history. Yep. What was first? Um, when Tencent bought Supercell. Mm. <laughs> Supercell? Who are they again? They make Clash of Clans, if I am I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, yep. Clash of Clans, Clash Royale, Boom Beach, Brawl Stars, um, which was $8.6 billion. Yep. Um, but the thing is that, so the Tencent buying Supercell thing doesn't really fundamentally change the industry like this does. Um, Blizzard being owned by Microsoft changes so much of the landscape of what AAA is. Um, mm, mm. It changes. What does this mean for? Kerry and I have a bet. Um, yes. That so so Kerry believes that Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six are going to be Xbox exclusives, console exclusives, and I think they're not going to be. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna refine that bit. I don't think they'll be on PlayStation. I think they might come to Switch at some point. Or Switch Pro. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, at launch, like, it'll be Xbox. Is, is that fair? At launch, it'll be Xbox and PC? Basically, what I'm saying is, at launch, not coming to Sony. Right. Yeah. That's... Yeah. I can't... 
that's really hard to think about. So right. I, I, I don't, I don't know. Think, it seems so. <laughs> I think they're not going to want to miss out on the market. I think I think Microsoft likes money more than they like, um, like, like shutting off the, the competition. Yeah. 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 Um, but I could, you know, like I, I basically think that eventually, yes. But for the time being, for this generation, maybe not. Um, that being said. It, it could happen I could still believe it and then I'd have to mm. carry a pizza um, <laughs> what do you think Jude? I, I don't know I don't I, I honestly I, I that's such a a wild concept for Elder Scrolls to be specifically Elder Scrolls to be Microsoft exclusive like mm. I cannot imagine a world but I, I, guess I mean, it's like the most ported game ever, right? <laughs> like it's on, yeah. it's been on everything. Um, but I think, I, I, and, it, and it happens when, when I try to grasp all of this, like, I feel like this entire situation is just a bit of a mind fuck. Like, it's just like, like talking about companies buying companies, what that means for exclusive rights and what that means. Cause they've just bought Bethesda, right? Who had coming up with two, PlayStation 5 exclusive games for the PS5 with... Um, launch exclusives, but yeah. Launch exclusives, yeah. So Deathloop and uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, uh, yep. both PS5 launch exclusives, owned by Bethesda, who's now owned by Microsoft, who's the competition. So it's like, what's the fucking point? <laughs> like and, it's, and they're like, honouring those deals because they have to. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I do see the argument for both sides. Honestly, I think it's a coin flip in terms of exclusivity for those bigger titles because, one, you're right they would get a massive uh, like so much more money if they released it everywhere they could like if they miss out on ps5 and it sells as well as it has for the launch um so far like if it's if it continues to sell as well as it has um and isn't like a flop sort of like the ps3 was like they'll be cutting out millions of consumers if they if they make it exclusive on xbox but xbox is lacking that exclusive oomph you know yeah. and at the end of the day like i don't see a world like uh, didn't we read something recently this is unsighted this is just something i heard recently but didn't we didn't we hear recently that xbox game pass is still not profitable for microsoft i don't i don't know I'm, yeah I'm not, okay so ignore that, then. If, that yeah so but like i don't see a world where game pass you know getting people into the ecosystem they don't care where you play so long as you're on game pass i don't see how that pays for the for Microsoft Studios to make massive third-party games in the same in the same league as Sony. I don't see how that helps them to pay for Skyrim 2, Elder Scrolls 6 rather, and and Starfield and the next Fallout game and the next Doom game and the next stuff coming out of Arcane like I it would be a massive feather in their cap to say, "Hey, Xbox and PC exclusive Elder Scrolls 6 like that would be like yeah, that would be a massive feather in that cap finally after a generation of them not being on the same field and Sony building their portfolio to be unparalleled Xbox has acquired something that can like go toe to toe now the question is whether they will but they could I think this, like I, I made a prediction last podcast about a, let's say ninety nine dollar 
Game Pass X Cloud machine that you can plug directly into a TV as a HDMI USB, basically. Um, I think the concept of a lot of people who don't have a next gen console, maybe haven't seen a reason to upgrade, getting that to then pay fifteen dollars a month to play in your Bethesda game day one, I think is an incredibly appealing piece of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and their back catalog. And all and the back EA catalog. Play. And all of the Bethesda CFD items we're going to get. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Dragonborn head, the figureheads on the ship. I'm going to get a Doomguy helmet on the front of my ship. <laughs> Um, I no, saw a post that was like for your, for your monkey <laughs> uh, I saw a tweet I think that was like Do y'all realise that now that they can make Doom Guy and Master Chief kiss mm-hmm. Yep, yep. <laughs> You're right actually They could cross what over this, What if this is the beginning of Microsoft entering the Smash Brothers um, Market <laughs> with like their own Their own mascot fighting game I would I would really like that um, <laughs> That would be weird yeah, I don't know. It's it's it is unfathomable, um, and it's you know, like I think there is reason. Uh, like I, I I fall into this park a little bit where part of me is like, ah, deals this big make me uncomfortable. Um, yeah, <laughs> because it's really kind of where does it stop? Um, yeah, uh, I think. People have been saying that this is going to push Sony to make another big acquisition as well. Um, it's hard to say. Um, in yeah. in my in my mind, if they were going to do an acquisition that wasn't like you know, like I for example, I could see them buying Bluepoint, um, but that's not like a that's not out of the realm of possibility. It's like a, you know, they have a good relationship; they might as well just own it, sort of anyway. Yeah, um, Bluepoint is sort of becoming like the new Insomniac. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think if Sony were going to make a big push for an acquisition, um, it would be Square Enix. Yeah. Um, which would be a lot. Um, I don't know, but also, like, the, the thing is, like, Microsoft are changing anyway. Like, they just brought out Ori and the, and the Will of the Wisps on Switch. Yeah, um, they've got a very good relationship with Nintendo at the moment. Um, Cuphead, I mean, that uh, Studio MDHR is not owned by Microsoft, but uh, Cuphead, the property, is, I'm pretty sure. Um, And, you know, like, Banjo-Kazooie's in Smash Brothers, stuff like that. Exactly, Uh exactly. So, yeah, they've got a good relationship with them so far. Um, That's kind of why I was saying not coming out on Sony, because I could definitely see, you know, like, you know how they had, like, Final Fantasy XV Lite, like, if they have, like, Elder Scrolls VI Lite on Switch, I could see that. Um, Or their next mobile game tie-in, like, Fallout Shelter, you know. Do you see them bringing Game Pass to PlayStation at all, ever? Xbox Game Pass to PlayStation? No. Because okay, so I don't think Sony will ever agree to it. No. But could you ever see Microsoft pushing for it? I don't think they need to. They've got the cheapest console on the market in terms of next gen, so they've got the One S. No, they've got the Series S. <laughs> um, Get ready to do that a million times. If you, yeah, I know, right? If you've got a. Uh, if you've got a PC, you can play, even if it's like a, an only like half competent spec, like you could still play more than half the games on that system. Um, and, and xCloud. Yeah, they've got the superior streaming service, uh, so you can do it on your phone. 
you can do it on your notebook. Like they don't they don't need to put Game Pass on Sony on on PlayStation, and Sony won't go for it. They they won't. Mm. Um, something that something that uh, there's a there's one question I've been asking myself with this, which is why did Bethesda either want this and offer it or agree to this after it was offered to them. And it's, and I, I've mentioned this in our chats when we were talking about this in a discord when it sort of happened, Jeremy, um, like I know we were going back and forth a bit, but I think Bethesda's had a few rough years. Like, so they sort of had like last generation that kind of did no wrong. Um, Dishonored one was fine. Skyrim of course was one of the best games of all time. You know, um, uh, then they had Fallout Four, which was good, like good to great. Not didn't blow the doors off, but it sold stupid amounts. Yeah. Um, but then we had, and then Doom twenty sixteen was fine. But then we had Dishonored two that didn't sell too well. We had uh, Elder Scrolls Online is kind of ticking along. I think it's doing okay. Um, but then basically we had Wolfenstein 2, which I don't think did great, but was okay. Wolfenstein Youngblood didn't do well. Uh, Prey was fine. I don't think set any like sales records or anything like that. Um, Doom Eternal this year has come out and has seemed to be critically well received, but I don't think it's done that well in terms of sales. Like they weren't like, oh, setting new records that, you know, they weren't screaming from the rooftops how well it's been doing. It just kind of was like, oh, it came out. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, full stop, you know? Fallout 76 was a disaster. And they've been, you know, paying for that for years, trying to make it right again. Like, I think they've had a few rough years, and I don't necessarily... I think they need a bit more capital to fund their next their next projects. Like, when you look at the games, the, the studios I listed before, right? And they were, like, saying anything comes out of Arcane, Tango Gameworks, Machine Games, id, Bethesda Softworks, Bethesda Game Studios, Roundhouse Studios, and Alpha Dog. That's eight studios, right? Average amount, they all come to less than a billion each. When you... And that's forgetting as well that there's Zenimax Media on top of that that do other things. I'm not sure what else they do. Um, do they? I thought they're like just Zenimax the Media being like the, the rapper on top of them. Sorry? I thought they were just the holding company. Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought they had some other things as well as... I, I could be wrong. Maybe. Because like if, if they were the holding situation. company, then wouldn't... Why, isn't it just kind of like Zenimax holding Bethesda, holding everyone else? Like, that feels a bit weird. I don't know. Um, but that, like, all of these studios, I think, have been struggling a bit. And I know they're all huge. And their releases just haven't been setting the world on fire. So, like, honestly, I just wonder whether Bethesda needs the, the bankrolling. They need the support to be able to make the games that they're going to make. And, like, we know that they can make the good games. The good games. But, yeah, I just... I can't help but wonder if they they're struggling more than we realized, perhaps. Sorry, it's a bit of a ramble there. <laughs> well, I mean, like it's it, it's it's hard to tell, um, especially because like it's like we don't know like you know, budgets for games and exact sales numbers are always like <laughs> oddly enough, some numbers can be up for interpretation. Um, <laughs> so it's 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 kind of awkward when they don't like really give out that information. Um, not that they have to, but like you know they they just don't. So it just leaves up leaves everything up for speculation. Um, I think this is a. I, th- I think what it was for 
Xenomax Bethesda was it was just extremely safe for them. It was like even if they didn't have any like even even if um I, I don't think they had as bad a couple years as maybe you are leaning into Kerry, but I you know coming out of the years of Skyrim, Fallout Four, like it's not as good as those. Um and I think this is a very safe like yeah, like we like this was the, the, the easy option for us to secure games going forward. Um, mm. And, you know, to hopefully keep everybody employed. I don't, I don't think they announced any, like, any layoffs that would occur from the acquisition. Um, that happens sometimes um, from, peop- from roles getting double-handed, but I, I haven't seen any of that. Um, yeah. I think ZeniMax came I, out saying they said- were going to be semi-independent just under Microsoft as an owner. Yeah, well, that's what they were saying. Like, I know all their press um, people reached out to some press people who then said that it was like, you're still going to be dealing with us. You're still going to be dealing with Bethesda Studios. You're not going to deal with Microsoft who are dealing with us. Like, like it's just kind of like Microsoft's like holding them as their own entity there. They're not, they're not being like dissolved into the company, at least not yet. It might happen in 10 years. Who knows? Um, I think something as well that they like to say, because when when some of these games came out to less than, you know, like slam dunk success, I do remember Pete Hines coming out and saying like, you know, we want to make sure our developers are making the games they want to make. Maybe this is them just trying to secure that, that outlook for their devs. You know, they're just trying to make sure they still have some, some of that creative freedom to make a couple of missteps and not necessarily be like, well, that's the company. See you later. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to agree. Do we see them playing with the IP much? Pardon? Do we see them playing with things more? Like, do we see more crossovers now? Like, do we see... I hope so. Do we see Doomguy Helmet thrown into Master Chief Collection as an optional thing you can turn on in multiplayer or whatever? Like, do we see... Do we see dumb references inside of Doom? Because they do dumb references to their other games, like other id games. Do we see a... Do we see, you know, the Halo soundtrack available to be played in 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 doom 3 <laughs> i don't think so you don't reckon because they they don't even like bethesda's got so many studios under their own wing right and they don't really do that between themselves you know it's not like there's a dishonored reference inside of rage 2 you know, know yeah but I mean? microsoft does it all the time it does it between its own games yeah but that's kind of like that's like bungie doing things inside of their own like that's just a studio to studio thing like that's a, that's an internal same people working on the same games kind of deal. Not like, oh, we legally could put Master Chief's helmet in BJ Blazkowicz's hand. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> BJ Blazkowicz has got Master Chief's helmet. That's not that's not canon. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'd be surprised. I mean, obviously they can do it. I just don't know if they will. Cool. So that's, yeah, that's big news. I think we're going to see the ripple effects from that for years and years to come. And it's, I'm excited to get a pizza in three years when Starfield comes out. You see those screenshots? Starfield or Elder Scrolls? Starfield what, sorry? Starfield or Elder Scrolls was the bet for, or was it both or either? I mean, Starfield comes out first. I feel like if we're going to see it, it would be Starfield. Um, pizza will be old otherwise. Did you see those screenshots? <laughs> 
Oh yeah, they, there was leaked screenshots of like a 2018 build from Starfield, right? Yeah. I didn't see them because I was like, 2018, two years ago, this game's not coming out for at least another year. I'm not too, you know. I mean, it's like how you don't see much. It's just like a dude in space. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how in um the the original uh, Harry Potter RPG. Uh, screenshots leaks like three years ago and like they were really fuzzy and didn't show anything and it was like pre 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 alpha gameplay it was like this doesn't mean yep. anything <laughs> like, yep. um so yeah i i'm excited i'm excited to see the final release the, the, the actual presentation for that um moving on to other big company making big company moves uh cd project red introduces mandatory crunch this was breaking as of yesterday. Uh, I'm reading from a Bloomberg article uh, posted by Jason Schreier. Yep. Always doing the good work. Um, so I'm just going to read out a few paragraphs here and then, yeah, we can break it down. It's a very it's very on brand for Minimap, though, so get ready for some, for some heads and hands. Um, so Polish video game developer CD Projekt Red told employees on Monday that six-day work weeks will be mandatory leading up to the November release of the highly anticipated Cyberpunk 2077, reneging on an earlier promise to not force overtime on the project. Uh, Red, a subsidiary of Poland's biggest gaming company, CD Projekt SA, has been criticized previously for engaging in crunch, an industry term for excessive overtime in game development, blah, blah, blah. Uh, CD Projekt Red co-chief executive officer uh, Marcin Nowinski last year told gaming website Kotaku that the company would be avoiding mandatory crunch and was, quote, committed, unquote, to allowing employees to work without overtime. But an account from a CD Projekt Red employee recently, as well as an email to staff earlier this week, indicate that the company hasn't lived up to its word. The employee, who, was, uh, who asked not to be named discussing private information, said some staff had already been putting in nights and weekends for more than a year. Um, this sucks. <laughs> yep. Sure um, fucking does. And it's not surprising. Um, and it it's another, it's another small. Well, it's not small really, but it's another like mark against uh, this game. You know, there there like this game. Like I could be excited for big open world. You know, futuristic whatever kind of like a Deus Ex spiritual successor. Um, but between all of their their crappy PR statements on Twitter and yeah. their kind of um, <laughs> query, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, when you don't know something, like query um, ignorant, like art that they produced slash transphobic art that they produced inside of the game itself. And then their stances afterwards, like there's just been so many things that it's like, oh, I don't want to know if I want to buy this game. Oh, I don't know. And then this crunch stuff. Genitalia eruptions. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Oh my god, just <laughs> they've really fucked themselves. They have, but all of them in ways that I don't think will affect the mass market, which I think is the worst part. Yeah, yep. Wait, well, how does this? How does this hit you two? Um, it's really sad to know that even though crunch conversation has been happening for so long and um, the fact that it's so everyone knows it's awful and it's bad and like you know companies should be condemned for it or whatever but it's like still happening now and so 
I wonder if in the email did they say the, did they say the words crunch to the employees? Which <laughs> is like overtime. I don't know. It's just like I don't know. Bad. It's it's like if your game isn't ready, delay it because otherwise you're just hurting people. Um, if I know they've delayed it once or twice before, and that's probably why they don't want to do it again. Um, that's not an excuse. Don't do that. Delay it because you, all you're doing is contributing to hostile culture that yep. makes developers burn out when they're 35 years old. Um, and to go back on a previous statement of, no, we're not going to do this, um, is incredibly yeah. disappointing. Uh were they when they put that that statement? Was that when the uh, all the crunch call out posts were were happening? And were they did they say that in um, that that previous like link to Kotaku? Um, did they say that in response to the crunch conversation back when it was happening, like a year ago, whenever it was seriously happening? Because uh, I think that makes sure. it kind of worse. Following anyway, really a impressive showcase this week at E3 in Los Angeles, CD Projekt Red boss uh, Marcy Nowinski joined Kotaku's split screen, so it's on a podcast, to talk about crunch, recent controversy over transgender issues, and whether GOG is in trouble. So that's that's where that happened last time. So it would have been a part of the conversation in Jason Schreier's uh, podcast on Kotaku. Um, hmm. Yeah. And like it, it, like, I think the thing is like, to also point out is they have been crunching for a while. Um, yeah. yeah. They, uh, like it says in the article, um, some staff had already been putting in nights and weekends for more than a year. Um, yeah. That doesn't happen. Like that's not, I, like, look, I'm not going to speak for all of the people there, but a lot of the people there, I'm going to assume they're not doing that because they really love to crunch. Um, yeah. That usually involves a, culture that you feel like you need to do this to do a good job to uh, please the higher ups because it's what you feel like you're obliged to do as a developer of this company yeah my frame of reference for this always goes back to the rockstar developers who came into work even when they had no jobs to do so that the higher ups at rockstar would see them being at their work um and not at home, even though they're not actually working. Um, and the, the, like feeling pressured to do something and then being told that you have to do something. There's not a whole lot of difference aside from a paper trail. Um, this is not a, this doesn't sound like it's a new thing for this project. Um, but the fact that they had to come out and say this means that some people weren't doing it, probably because they, didn't want to do it, right? Probably because probably because the company said that they weren't ever going to do it. Yeah. Probably because they'd um, given their staff the message that it wasn't going to be necessary. Yes. And now it is now necessary, apparently. It's not. It's See, never necessary. Sorry. You don't need to suffer for your art. The, this idea that you need to struggle to get something good um, is false. Um, and this is just feeding into that culture. Um, delay your game if it's not ready. Yeah. And like... The, you know the, the the thing with this one is like you could you could see why they're not right it, they've delayed it like three times this year already 
Um, What's the current release? Who date? cares? But November nineteenth is going to be released. It was meant to be out in April. That was the initial mm. release date, and then it was like June, and then they pushed it. Um, they want it out before next gen is big because they don't have the next gen version ready yet. So they want it out for current gen. Um, it's a whole thing. The article expands on what the uh, on what they said in the uh, email to employees. So I'll just read that out here, just so we're all clear on how they phrased it to their um, employees. So uh, let's see. This says it's from this from Badowski, a uh, studio head, Adam Badowski. Um, Starting today, the entire development studio is in overdrive, Badowski wrote, elaborating that this meant, quote, your typical amount of work and one day of the weekend, unquote. The extra work would be paid as required by Polish labor laws. Many other video game studios don't pay for overtime. Quote, I take it upon myself to receive the full backlash for the decision, he wrote. Quote, I know this is in direct opposition to what we've said about crunch. It's also in direct opposition to what I personally grew to believe a while back, that crunch should never be the answer but we've extended all other possible ne- means of navigating the situation, unquote. Um, this sucks. This sucks. It's just not the answer. Like, I don't want, I don't want a, a, a group of 100, 200, 300 people who care about their work to be ground down to, to like, nubs just so that I can, you know, see the rays trace across, you know, V's electric collar while he stabs some drug dealer in the futuristic back alley of the like none of like none of that is more important than someone being able to go home and see their family at the end of the day you know in the middle of a pandemic (laughs) in the middle of a pandemic (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (sighs) it's weird so what they've got it's the first of october when we're recording this uh and that that broke yesterday so uh, uh on the 30th of september They've got one, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks until that game comes out. And so now they're saying, oh, now we just need an extra day of your time. Like that's going to bleed out. It's going to be, it's going to be seven days a week for less hours or more hours on those six days. And then once, once it launches and because they rushed it, it's still going to have bugs. There's going to be a bunch of people who are, who are so fried who are trying to put out hot fixes? Like it's it's, it's just going to be a mess. Like this is one I I don't really want to. I don't even know if I want to get it in the first place. But if I did, I think I'd have to wait until it was like forty bucks secondhand, so they don't get any of my money. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going to be buying it. Yeah. And on that cheery note, <laughs> that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that, that, that is the end of the podcast. If you have any thoughts about that, you want to discuss it, we are all on Twitter. Um, we are all full of opinions, and this is a very nuanced discussion. So if you had any sort of like, oh, I thought this, hit us up, we're all on Twitter. Uh, the Minimap <laughs> account is at MinimapAU. Uh, my account is at KJPalmer underscore 24. Jeremy's is... At obi Jez. Please tweet your opinions at KJPalmer underscore 24. <laughs> <laughs> and June's... Twitter is uh, Junez J U N underscore E S. And you can also find everything we do on the Minimap website, minimap.com.au. Um, but yeah, that's about it for the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm trying to think what games are coming out between now and then. Crash 4 is coming out, I think, at the end of this week. Star Wars Squadrons is coming out. 
I, Ooh, I can finally talk about that. that game that I totally haven't played. <laughs> That's never stopped you before, Jeremy. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if I'll be playing either of those, although I am interested. I'm surprisingly interested in Crash 4. It looks good. Me like, too, which is not at all was something I thought I was going to say at the beginning of the year. If you told me that I would be wanting to play a Crash game on day one, I probably would have went, eh, maybe, maybe I might give it a, a go. A new but Crash also, game. Yeah, right, a new Crash Bandicoot game. Um, and then hmm. I saw the trailer and I went, oh, fuck, this looks good. It's good. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's, about it. that's about it for this week. Uh, be sure to check the GameSplitters podcast feed as well. Um, play Frog Detective, those two games, The Haunted Island and uh, The Invisible Wizard. Uh, both games are fantastic and cute and lovely and short and so charming. Um, and we're going to talk about them in that podcast. So uh, stay tuned to that. greatest detective. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish it was Lobster Cop. <laughs> um, but yeah, until then, uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, bye.
Sorry. It's okay. I was making we were uh, we were we were nerding out about Gideon Emery. That's my answer. Did you just steal my answer? Fuck off. June, have you seen how jacked Gideon Emery is? No. He's, He's ripped. ripped. <laughs> He's absolutely Hang shredded. On. He's incredibly I handsome. I didn't. He's, he is really handsome. This is what I was i was just saying to Jeremy. He's aggressively handsome. Did not know he was in. Yeah, prepared to episode. say that a lot. Did not know he was in this. <laughs> I, can, I can only pick his voice pretty well. Yeah. God, IMDb is good until you like look on the right hand side of the page and it's just garbage. Yeah. The tragedy of Joaquin Phoenix. Fuck off. <laughs> he named his son River. River. You know he's in the Sisters Brothers. Yes, June. <laughs> Watch that movie. Why haven't you seen that movie yet? Too busy listening to Morricone. Who voices Pyramid Head? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, man? Alright, give me a second. I'll be right back. <laughs> I'll be ready to record. I don't know. Oh god, I love this little thing. It's so good. What? My little, my little, this thing. <laughs> it's so nice. What do you use it for? I'll put my phone there <laughs> and let's sit. And then whenever I need to use my phone, I can just look at it and I can just like. Uh huh. <laughs> cool. Cool, man. Cool. Okay. Well, let's clap sync. Okay, clap. <laughs> <laughs> Am I a joke to you? <laughs> yeah, a lot of the time. Okay, okay, okay. Fuck. Hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> the microphone. Uh, uh, okay, we're good. Stop. <laughs> so many reflections. I know. God, I hate it. Um, so, all right, three, two, one. You may or may Man. not have to blur out my glasses at some point. Why? I opened up Snapchat on my phone while you were talking. (laughs) 
and I was, I was like, I was like this, right? So I was talking. Oh and, my god! And like, and then I looked and I went. <laughs> hang on, hang on. I just made you full screen. Let, like, let me see if I can like read the article or whatever you've got there. Oh, that's actually really clear. <laughs> hang on, let me, let me, let me angle it. Uh. Oh, jeez. I'm just gonna <laughs> blur out your eyes. <laughs> what is that? Is that a rabbit? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Rodent. Oh, Jesus. Guess who shouldn't open up Snapchat live on podcast? 